This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. on by Matty Longstaff looking for Johnson Bristol Rovers get it clear and the referee may just play see how this goes here as Hawkins goes across to get the ball clear he's got the whistle in the lips and now does bring this encounter to an end it's goalless here at the Memorial Stadium Mansfield Town continue their unbeaten run but can't get past Bristol Rovers who to be fair in the second half were probably the stronger of the two teams full time Bristol Rovers nil Mansfield Town nil another clean sheet for the start last weekend made it 11 games unbeaten in Skybet League 2 with Cus Men now 4 points off of the automatic promotion spots with a game in hand on Exeter and them still to play but looking too far ahead means sometimes you can miss the gaping hole that's right in front of you focus now then turns to Newport County on Saturday as Cus Men head to Wales taking on the side hot on their heels tonight we'll look back on last weekend's goalless and for some of us voiceless trip to Bristol Rovers and get the reaction of either Nigel Clough or Ollie Hawkins, as, as always, we put it to the vote of the panel. We'll also review our Manfield Matters night out, as yesterday we enjoyed the company of Clough and CEO David Sharp in the fans' forum. We also had a team Nando's beforehand, but we'll leave the food reviews to others. Plus, we'll squeeze in our preview ahead of Saturday's trip to Newport, a side who have stussed of late without a win in their last three outings. But as always in Skybet League 2, nothing is ever for certain, especially when you're superstitious like me and you know the stags are bound to be wearing their blue kit, which they seem to struggle in, especially in the league. Anyway, hopefully we'll put that right on Saturday. Talking of putting things right, Cammy's not in the hot seat tonight. My voice, as you can tell, is back. So I'm back in the place where I, I think I belong. Anyway, enough about us. It's always about you, as always. Get involved in the comments on the live feed and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Let's get it underway. Hello, I'm back in the hot seat. No more cam. I am back to present the voices back. I am back. Cam is demoted back to his... uh, 
place of T-Boy and all things is restored. And among it all, the Stags didn't lose at Bristol Rovers, although I don't know how I managed to get through 90 minutes on commentary. Anyway, we'll recap all of that tonight and, of course, look back at last night's Fans Forum and look ahead to Newport as well. As always, have your say on your team and get involved in the comments um, and ask us any questions, any comments, any observations. You know the drill by now. Get involved on the live feed. If you listen to the audio version of this, where were you? Check out our social media to find out when we're next going to be live. Joining me tonight to recap last night, to recap Bristol Rovers and a lot, lot, lot more in between. We've got the man who's been demoted back to T-Boy. We've got Mr. Cam Felton. Good evening. Evening. And the man who is sponsored by Sauce and Brown. Are you, Clive? Are you? Is that, that a thing? Clive Parkey. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Good to have you all with us, uh, as always. Well, no Mr. Wilson tonight. He's got a family shindig. And Nathan's pulled out at the last minute with uh, with illness. So get well soon, Nath. Uh, we will see you back on the podcast very, very soon indeed. Well, I don't quite know where to start, to be honest, because I can't really remember too much about Saturday, to be honest, Clive, because I was dosed upon so much buttercup syrup and cough sweets and, and tablets of the uh, medical variety that I can't really remember driving home, let alone commentating on the game. So uh, take us through it. What what did happen on Saturday? Because you were... In amongst it, over on the in that far in that corner, in amongst the uh, the the, the travelling stags fans. Well, first thing first, we uh, bumped into each other in the car park. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember I, that. I you'd remember driven that. down, and I'd gone down on the SSA, and you looked zonkoid by then. I thought, how the hell's he driven? <laughs> and uh, so I think it was commendable of you to do the combo the way you did, and your voice just about held up. Um, interesting ground. The memorial ground it's uh, barely fit for purpose i think certainly the away uh, the, the away end is is woeful i mean i had a seat and i was sat under a tarpaulin and the rest a lot of the fans were on an open terrace and the toilets were the sorts of things you find on building sites you know those green cabins so it was awful it was really awful i mean the people were nice enough don't get me wrong but uh, as a ground it's got about six temporary stands they've been mm. temporary for 20 years yeah it's a very interesting when i was obviously in the uh in the main stands i don't know if, were you uh were you that side Clive? the side, same side as the um as the uh the, the managers were you behind the goal no the managers sit opposite the camera point don't they yeah so if you look to the right that's where i was in that little stand with a blue and white striped tarpaulin roof. No, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. So I was in the main stand and uh, in amongst the Bristol Rovers fans. I don't know what you you said you found them friendly. They weren't in and around me. We had uh, me and myself and Lee Wilson had uh, a couple who were taking umbrage to pretty much everything that we were saying at some point. I had to apologise, I think, five times on earth for, for them blatantly yes. swearing down the microphone. Yeah, yes. so, uh, not fun, not fun, not, not fun. You have that effect on lots of people, Craig. I do, I do. Apparently, that's also what Cam's words earlier were when I said that I'm hosting the show tonight and I'm demoting him back to uh, to, to normal. Uh, before we delve in, I just wanted, uh, I will say a massive thanks to Cam because he did a sterling job hosting uh, last week's show, stepping in for me at the very last minute and has done an all right job editing the highlights uh, today as well. So uh, he's clearly improving. Cam, what did you make of the game last week? A goalless draw, um, you know, clean sheet, all important to to, to keep a clean sheet. Just disappointed that we we, we couldn't uh, get the goal. Yeah, it is disappointing, but it was always going to be a tough 
difficult place to go just by the virtue that what the the weather conditions were throwing at us and it's going to be exactly the same on Saturday so the boys better get used to that one but they dug in well they there were pl- plenty of chances to win that game but there were also plenty of chances to lose that game and I think uh, definitely on one occasion we may have got away with one um, but this season we've had that many go against us I think it's about time that we had one go for us so can't be too disgruntled about that one but um, solid performance I think summarise it Perfectly, to be honest. First time we got to see Matty Longstaff in a stag shirt. Uh, Clive made his uh, full debut, started as one of a few changes. What did you make of uh, his appearance? Because for me, like the old footballing cliche, it was, and this is not a dig at him at all, um, it was a game of two halves. He, he did very well in the first half, but like the rest of the team, really struggled to, to get involved in the second. Yeah, it didn't have a great impact, to be fair. But I'm reluctant to... Uh, to to score him because it's his first game. And, mm. uh, and to be honest, it's going to take a few, a few games for him to bed in. I mean, clearly the, the lad's got talent and I think it will benefit from that, but it's going to take a few games to, to happen. And the same with um, Aikens. I mean, he, he was asked to play way out of position as left back and he struggled certainly for, for some of the time. But isn't it lovely to say that we've got somebody struggling at the back and we've still got a clean sheet. So on... In terms of the game on uh, Bristol, I see it as a point one, not two points dropped. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that, Cam, because, you know, you look at where we are in the table at the moment and the most important thing is being hard to beat and being difficult to beat. If we're going to be in and around it come, you know, the end of the season, we've got to be that side who people dread playing against. They know we're going to be tough to break down and we know that we, they know that we can go to the other end and, uh, and hurt them. So it certainly sends that message. It does, and I think... Um, like we said, like like Clive just said, we're players struggling at the back, and we still managed to grind out, uh, grind out a, a very good point at the end of the day. And, uh, and that's the thing; you've got to go to these games and have as much confidence as you can, because we were going into these games sort of like earlier on in the season, like we were travelling down to Exeter, not particularly confident going into that one. We've gone to other places where we've not been too 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 buoyed on confidence, so. To go into that game on the back of the run that we've had and, yeah, not perform 100% the way that we have been doing, but to still get the result shows, firstly, how much this team's actually grown since ending that run. It's just like October, um, but also what sort of team that we're going to have going into the end of the season. You, you look at the top teams that are up there, you look at Forest Green, they don't lose, but they don't... Um, when they are when they do get a draw, it's usually they've put in a, a good performance. And same with Northampton, Tranmere, um, Sutton all seem to be doing well at the minute. And they don't, they're not always winning the games, but they're getting the points and they're not dropping points, which is the most important thing, especially when the league's so tight. And especially when the rest of the teams around us struggled on Saturday and on Tuesday night, all these one points that we're picking up is a point gained. Yeah, that's that's very true. I'm just looking at the results from uh, midweek games, Clive, as well. Bristol Rovers beating Sutton United 2-0. Exeter, thrilling game there. 4-3 winners over Harrogate. They were 2-1 down at half-time. And Hartlepool beating Tranmere as well, 1-0. That's um, a good very, result. That. Very Hartlepool. good result. Yeah. Uh, definitely. The, the Hartlepool game and I think probably the, the, you know, the Sutton game as well because it's very, very tight in there and uh, in the playoffs. We're, what, four points outside the automatics at the minute and there's pretty much only one or two points separating the, the sides in the playoffs. So it's uh, it's all to play for with these teams to play as well. 
Yeah, and the nice thing is, actually, we're not dependent on anybody else. I mean, we we can uh, we can make our own progress, and it's nice when other teams help us out a little bit. But uh, we've got that game in hand. In fact, we've got two games in hand, and uh, we uh, we can be in that automatic playoff zone if we do our bit right. Mm. Oh, so that... automatic promotion zone. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's the key thing is doing our our bit right and. Nigel Clough sort of spoke about it a little bit after the game. We'll come to the fans forum uh, a little bit later on. I know you guys sort of want to get our views on that. So we'll get Bristol Rovers out of the way very, very quickly. Um, if you've got any other comments on, on Bristol Rovers or fans forum, get involved in, in the chat right now and, and let us know your thoughts. But just on Bristol Rovers, uh, he sort of said to me after the game, Cam, that you look at how tired we became sort of after, you know, 65, 70 minutes. Yes, we've brought these bodies in, the likes of Murphy, Longstaff, etc in in January but Murphy and Longstaff just to pick two haven't really been playing much regular football so you know they've got to get up to speed with the rest so actually when you look at next month's fixtures where we are going to be playing Saturday Tuesday pretty much or or you know all month apart from a couple of Fridays thrown in there there will be heavy rotation that is exactly why we made the changes we did in in January yeah because we could have done the usual Mansfield and just patched and make do. And and yes, fair enough, the Matty Longstaff one, if you were at the fans forum, it was a complete and utter fluke that we even got him, to be honest. It was just by absolute chance. But he's a good addition and it, it builds the, the squad morality that we've already got. We're in a good place at the minute. And last thing that we want to be doing is bringing players in that firstly aren't good enough and secondly are going to upset the camp. We saw this under Flickcroft bringing a Jose and a certain Mr. Grant in. And we just, it was all right for a couple of games, but then we tailed off. And then games such as like Oldham on um, Easter weekend, it's games like that that we, we then go and throw away. But this team seemed to be completely different and the players seemed to be really buying in. And, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. But obviously those that have come in, in Murphy and... And Longstaff have bought in to the to what Clough's wanted to do since day one. So it, everything's pointed in the right direction so far. I think the proof is in the pudding, Clive. A little bit like Andy says uh, in the comments. Yes, we never played great in the second half on Saturday, but earlier in the season we would have lost that. So it's a good result that we've dug out. Yeah, two things about that. Bristol Rovers aren't a bad team. They played with aggression. You'd expect that from a Barton team, anyway. And uh, but what it did demonstrate, and it's you know it's happening every time now, is the the opposition is treating us with utmost respect. They know what we can do, and their 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 game's being um, uplifted to try and compete. So you know they're all going to be little cup finals as we go through the running to the end of the season. And it's you mentioned um, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. What is most important is it's Saturday, Tuesday away. Saturday, Tuesday away. Saturday, Tuesday away. We've got about five Tuesdays all away games coming up. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have to do some miles in the dark. Yeah, we certainly are, and uh, get those expenses uh, ready and get those uh, holidays uh, booked in. That's uh, that's certainly for sure. I fancy a holiday in Hartlepool. Yeah, you know, a little Tuesday night stay. Although you know, we've, every Easter weekend we have got uh, Carlisle and technically Tranmere on the Friday night. Nice little weekend in Liverpool if you you know. Go and see, uh, you know, Cavern, Cavern Club, that sort of thing, and Beatles Museum and all that. But yeah, just look at those fixtures. 
Um, in March, extra at home on on a Friday night. Tranmere away on the Friday night, then Port Vale away. At least it's not too far, Port Vale. Stevenage at home on the Saturday. Away, away, away. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Rochdale, Oldham and Hartlepool. Uh, and then into April with Northampton at home. And then obviously the dreaded return trip to Forest Green Rovers as well. Certainly a lot to... Uh, uh, to get Isn't it marvellous that the uh, the nearest thing we've got to local derbies is Port Vale in Northampton? Yeah. Oh, we've got Scunny, Scunny as well. That's it. It is. Keep your comments uh, coming in. Um, as Alan says, the fact Nigel was able to wrestle with the core team and still keep a clean sheet can only help our push in the rest of the season. We have a great opportunity this season. Yeah, you look, at, you look Cam, actually, at the players that were rested for that game at Bristol Rovers on uh, Saturday afternoon. Obviously, Stephen McLaughlin missed out through injury. Hopefully, we'll we'll have him back, um, you know, this coming Saturday. But then Ryan Sturk and George Marish, two of probably our best midfielders this season, dropped to the bench to give him a rest. But you bring in Murphy, you bring in Ollie Clark, you bring in Longstaff, excellent um, additions uh, to the team. And, you know, you're not really losing anything out. You, you, It's almost like when you've, you know, when you've got those balancing scales and you have to try and... Uh, weigh them out you, you one's not going down when the other's taken out it, it's perfectly balanced you've got that spirit bubble right in the middle where you want it yeah I think that's credit down to the the, the lads that we brought in as well though and then Ryan Sturk as well oh, uh, just and Maris and just the players that just keep kind of jumping in and out of the squad Ollie Clark's another one that's not consistently been there all season it's like just whenever they've had to drop out the team, the heads haven't dropped. And whenever they've come off the bench, they know they've got a job to do and they've they've raised their game for it. Mm. And that's what you want. When we've got injuries or we've got suspensions in the past, we've we've crumbled. <laughs> and and for unfortunately we managed to end that game of 14 without a win. But now we've got the bodies to should we ever fall into that situation again between now and the end of the season. We've got backup, and it's not just making up the numbers backup, it's quality, ready to play League Two football backup. And Clough's very confident in his team, hence why he can make these changes. And yeah. it's not upsetting the team too much. And I think he will make them again on uh, on Saturday at Newport. We'll come on to that later on. Let's just scan through some more comments. We'll uh, Then we'll get a little bit of reaction to the Bristol Rovers game, and then we'll move to all things uh, fans forum. Um, Keith says, good evening, guys. Hope that you're doing okay down there. Storm Eunice is gathering speed. Will fan, will the fans forum be on iFollow soon? Yes, I believe it will. I believe it's being uploaded. Uh, don't quote me on this. I believe it's been uploaded in two parts because um, it was a two-part night. Some great stuff in there. So you'll be able to see that soon as well. Chris says, we have the squad to cope with the busy weeks uh, coming up. Uh, Paul asks, is the Newport game going to be on Saturday with the weather that's forecast? I hope so, because our schedule is looking absolutely uh, chocolate block. And also, I don't fancy Newport on a Tuesday night. Um, Jamie asks, how's the voice? Perfect. Sorry, Cam. Unlucky. Um, Simon says, any news on Perch at the, for at the forum? Uh, we'll come on to that later, but in, in a nutshell, not on Perch, no. Um, Danny says, up the stags. Absolutely. Let's uh, round off. Uh, Bristol Rovers then by getting a last little bit of reaction. As always, I'm going to put it to the vote of the panel. Do you want to get some reaction from Nigel Clough, the Stags boss, or the man who made me look about two foot tall in Ollie Hawkins uh, after the game, who had a tremendous game 
at centre-half. Clive, I'm going to come to you first. Clough or Hawkins? Hawkins. Cam, Clough or Hawkins? Uh, Last week we had the player, so this week I'm going to say Clough. I'm back in the hot seat. I'm overruling you. Here's Ollie Hawkins speaking to me after the game from Mansfield 103.2. It was a tough game. Uh, tough place to come with the crowd and, and the pitch. Obviously, it's a big pitch and we knew it was going to be tough. And uh, we're going to look back at it and think, oh, do you know, it might have been a good draw, clean sheet and a not, an, another uh, not lost on the road. So um, it's positive at the moment. And like I say, looking forward to the next game. It means that the unbeaten run continues as well. What's the secret behind this unbeaten run? Because it's a really pleasure to watch it unfold. I think just... If you see throughout future in, in in football and that, and I think when a team goes unbeaten and and they do well and they're trying to get promoted and get promoted, it's just a togetherness with the squad, the staff, the players, the fans, everyone. And at the moment, it feels like that. At home, we we feel loved and we give it all. And in a way, we have good away fans come in and and all the players are enjoying it and want to win for each other and for, for the fans and for the staff. So um, I think all all round that that is the key. And in terms of uh, the fans as well, we've got a decent number of them as well. The first of three away games, how vital is that away support going to be to make sure this unbeaten run continues? Yeah, and hopefully they, we can get as many as we can to each each one of these games and, and we can give them a performance for it. And then when the final whistle goes and we've got a win, we can go and celebrate it with them and then everyone can have a good weekend on that or week uh, during that time. Um, but yeah, it's just like I say, each game now we've got a draw here and a clean sheet. We're going to look to Newport now have the same performance but hopefully we, we get a goal or two and we win the game um, and then again game by game just keep going and keep battling and keep um, trying to win in games and not lose and let's turn our attention to you you came in as a striker but you've been an absolute mammoth at centre half in recent weeks as well how are you settling in back there when you're alongside the likes of John Joe Tall and Elliot Hewitt yeah I mean I still think I'm a few years away from experience being an experienced centre half still got a lot, of, lot to learn um, I, do, I think I do a lot of things good that it's helped me be able to play there um, and again I come here as a striker I still think I'll probably play a few games up front towards the end of the season you never know um, but at the moment my job is to be a centre half and just try and battle and keep clean sheets and I'm really enjoying it at the moment and like I say the back four we have been having in recent weeks with Maka, myself and JJ that's what you sort of need you need that sort of solid back four that are playing week in week out and know each other's game and everything and Luke, Luca stepped in today is brilliant like I say he's very versatile and yeah we just got to keep going each game and just trying to keep clean sheets that's the key word versatile because you look at this squad and you could start three or four different lineups yeah I think there's a lot of players that are versatile even Bowles myself Lucas there's another a few players Oatsy can play on the wing Quinny can play midfield wing like it's he, he, the manager obviously knows and loves the versatile players and, and that will be key for us let's say because there's going to be a lot of games coming there's going to be a lot of chop change you're going to need the squad you're going to need different players in different positions injuries etc so um, like I say all the boys have got to stick together and, and, and we'll be fine and you've taken on a leadership role as well when Ollie Clark's not been playing you've been with the, the man with the armband how are you finding that experience? Yeah I'm not I'll be honest with you I'm not used to it um, and it's, it's, it is something that um, before at Mansfield I wasn't I was never thought myself as a captain or like I don't I'm not very uh, loud or very talkative but since having it I've been given it every now and then like it, it, I do really enjoy it and like I say it's it makes me sort of concentrate more it makes me want to like win games more and, and sort of talk and and bring a side to my game that I haven't had before and you've been in successful dressing rooms before what's the difference between a side that features out mid-table and a side which is capable of going on to you know achieve a dream just togetherness, just no no selfishness with players in in and around the camp and the managers being loved and loving all the players and keeping their arm around and keeping everyone happy. Like if you, a manager can do that, that's, that's key. And I think our manager does that and the assistants and the staff we have and the other players, everyone just seems to be in a good place and want to train week in, week out and, 
have a smile on their face. We don't really see many players that are upset, they're left out, they just think, right, okay, I'll show my time when I come on and stuff like that. And that's what it is, just a bit, a lot of togetherness we've got at the moment. Big, two uh, big away games as well. Uh, Bradford City in a couple of weeks nearly sold out. Extra tickets out of Dell sold out very quickly indeed. Newport next weekend as well, another long journey. Really need those fans to be there and out, sing them again. Yeah, and like I say, I, I think we've got brilliant home fans, but we also have brilliant away fans, the ones who can make it and stuff. So we're going to go there again with the same sort of attitude that we're not going to lose and we're going to give them a, a, a good showing. And I say, hopefully next week, instead of being nil-nil, we come away with one-nil or two-nil in. Is it difficult to have a period of long away games? Because you never really seem to can find that rhythm. You've, you're going to spend longer time on the bus, time away from home as well. Is that a difficult mindset to break? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but sort of sometimes the away trip actually helps a player to sort of get away from their sort of everyday life or everyday routine so it gives them a break to have like a little refresh and chill in the hotel the night before and get ready for the game instead of being at home I suppose on game day and, and having a different routine so like I say we and we I feel like we've had a not a bad away record not the like I say we're not 100% but we've got a not bad away record and like I say we just got to have the same mindset as a home game when, we, when we're playing these games and we start it, we've got to start at 100 miles an hour and, let's say, give it all. And it's been improving week upon week. It should have really been four consecutive clean sheets, shouldn't it? Yeah, I was, I was really gutted on, the, on Tuesday that we conceded that last free kick. It was, a, it was a great free kick. Maybe we shouldn't have given the foul away. And, but, like I say, I think, again, it's the key to having sort of the same sort of bat four week in, week out and, and just everyone knowing what they're doing, all the jobs. And if we can keep a, a solid back four and keep clean sheets, we know we're going to score loads of goals with all the players we've got. Hypothetically, uh, you can either play up front for the rest of the season and end up a top scorer, or you can stay at centre-half and get promotion. Which one are you taking? The second one, without a doubt. Ollie Hawkins speaking to me after the game for Mansfield 103. Who was it, chocolate hobnobs again, or what? No, I've, st- look, I've stopped asking questions about biscuits. You've got one job. The, the questions one people job. want to know. Look. In the comments, do you want to know who the player's favourite biscuit is? Down below, I, let us know. I cannot go round asking players what the favourite... How am I going to say... Like, the John Joe tool one, I could segue that in, right? That was that was easy. Ollie Clark was a bit of a laugh. Managed to seg- seg- segue that one in just, just about got away with it. They're not going to let me carry on doing these interviews and improving the content for the podcast if I keep with, what's your favourite biscuit? Well, that's not going to work, is it? It's content, though. All right, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, if we win, I'll make a deal with you now. If we win a game by more than three goals, whoever I interview after the game, as long as it's not Clough, because um, I've already asked him, I will ask them what their favourite biscuit is. Is that a deal? Everyone needs to get to Scunny away then. <laughs> get to, to Scunny away, there we go. Uh, right, so uh, that was Ollie Hawkins uh, speaking to me four months for 103.2 after the goalless draw at Bristol Rovers. Uh, Chris says, Craig, how short are you? If Hawkins makes you look small, he's just a normal size. No, he's not. He's about <laughs> nine foot. This is about nine foot four. I'm five eleven, and he makes me look about two foot. He also says great interview. Thanks very much. I'm going to be honest, can't remember any of it. All I remember is after I finished speaking to him, uh, I stumbled to my car with the the gear and had a coughing fit, which lasted ten minutes. Lasted and, until Gloucester, and, and I went through, uh, went through. Uh, a full bottle of Lucas Aid Sport down in one. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, it's a good I'm, job I'm, you didn't get breathalyzed then. I know, very much so, very much so. Cathy uh, says yes. Favorite biscuit questions, please. Jesus Christ! Yes. Oh dear. Shock. It's the content that people Shocker. want. Shocker. Oh, I think uh, it's not asking the question; it's how you ask the question. You that's very. That's very. You need some lessons. 
that's very, very true. Maybe if this uh, is your equivalent to the uh, sausage sandwich game. I mean, it, it, you could go down in history if you get it right. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'll see if I can get it in. Uh, Keith says uh, the Mansfield Matters mug is getting plenty of use. Thanks, guys. No problem. Uh, the team have a hard running, as we all know. But Nigel will keep their feet on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments coming in. We're going to talk fans forum in just a second. But before we do that, a reminder that the Stags are on the road again. On Saturday, on the road again. Now I'm not going to sing. Uh, Newport County, still some seats left on the uh, the Stag Supporters Association coach. All you need to do to book yourself a seat is call 07967 689 597. Departure to Newport County is 8.30am. Prices are £15 for an Amber or Junior member. Blue members are £20 and it's 25 if you're not an SSA member. And if you want to book yourself a seat to Bradford, if, of course... You've managed to get your your hand on a golden ticket. It leaves the one call at 11.15. Same prices, 15 for Ambers, 20 for Blue, 25 for non-members. And uh, to book your seats, please call 07-967-689-597. Right, let's do it. Let's talk fans forum. Rob says, biscuit questions, yes. We'll have to get one of the. We'll have to do what we used to do in series three, Kevin. Get the the live polls back up and running, and uh, do you yes. want a biscuit question? There you go. Um, right, fans forum. Last night it was firstly a really good uh, social night for us. We all got together. The five of us actually got together for the first time uh, in a while. We had a little Nando's beforehand, which was all right. Salt wasn't great, but it was it was fine. Uh, Nathan, we had a little edge as well, didn't we? Yeah, Nathan joined us as well, and Mini Edge joined us, and then Nathan didn't stay for the fans forum because he wasn't feeling too great. Uh, so me, Clive, Cam, and Mr. Wilson stayed to watch the fans forum, and what an enjoyable night it was, Clive. Yeah, they, I don't think they could have done it much better than they did, and it was. Uh, yeah, people were so happy that we were yet, yeah, you know, for the first time in a long time, actually getting in. Uh, in in a real life situation because you can only do so much through the through the the medium that we were operating on now and other things um, and it, it, you know I worried whether people would pay a fiver to go and it was a full house pretty much and I think people would say it was a fiver well spent at the end of the day um, and I, I I was very impressed by both uh, uh, principal guests I thought they both uh, con- contributed really well and Cluffy was on good form especially taking the Mickey out of uh, Steve-O, because he kept mistaking boys for girls and girls for boys. <laughs> <laughs> he kept doing it. In this day and age as well. It's his eyesight, bless him. He's, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's his eyesight. But uh, he made he made good humour of it. That was that was good. But The one, uh, the one endearing sentence I, re- I remember, for, for whatever reason, was when uh, David Sharp answered a question and says, do I look like I like pies? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was... Uh, very, very funny. And but what Steve he... turned around and said was, you're from Wigan. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it, it, Com- was, it, was, it was good. Comical. It was good. So the full thing, if you weren't there last night, is going to be available on iFollow and the club's social media for you to watch. I would imagine tomorrow, if not tomorrow, then certainly by the start of, uh, by the start of next week. It's well worth a watch, well worth your time to watch it. Um, some good stuff. Let's. We're not going to go through it question by question because A, can't remember what they were. B, it would take too long. And C, you know, that's the whole point of you watching it. So we'll pick out some of the, the, the key bits. Naturally, Cam, it was uh, the, the standard questions you'd expect. It's always difficult with fans forums because they're going to go one or two ways. If you're not doing well on the pitch, 
all the questions are going to be directed towards the manager saying, why aren't you playing this person? Why aren't you playing this formation? Why aren't you kicking that? Oh, no, we did have that question. Uh, why aren't you in this dressing room? Why aren't you putting your, your left sock on before your right sock? All that sort of stuff. Um, but when you're doing well on the pitch, your questions are directed more club-based and experience-based. You know, why are your pies um, either hot or cold? Why are you directing people down one stairwell? Why is the, the merchandise yeah, about that? that? That sort of thing. <laughs> But you know what? That's that's sort of the thing, the insight that you want, and I thought it was it was balanced quite well. And I, I actually felt that uh, David Sharp, especially Cam, you know, gave some very good answers. He he did he very rarely shied away from from anything. Didn't really skirt around the edges too much. And the honesty and transparency, which we we would have wanted, was there. I think the best question I think he answered all night was the whole debacle over the Bradford tickets. First lot of season ticket holders getting access to four per season ticket. Just saying, turn around and say, that's oh, never going to happen again. Brilliant. Thanks for that. To be honest, it, it's it, it's the only time that you get to ask these questions. It's not often you can just, it's not like you can just drop him a text or a phone call or anything. And especially when, when the questions are not filtered, but they're very much, you, when, they, when they did it before, it was just specific questions because they didn't have time to do all of it. They had to sit outside and it was cold, it was wet, and I can't imagine it was too nice to film that for a, however long they did it for last time. But to actually be able to actually sit down and do something in person is, is better than anything. And we got us money worth. Yeah, you got to ask your questions. You got your entertainment. You got you were able to ask pretty much anything you wanted and, and just... If there was an issue that you wanted to raise with the club, i.e., Clive's issue with the the air leaving the ground on tap, yeah, that's Stewards. It's interesting <laughs> to know because um, you assume that the chief exec would know everything about everything, and of course he can't. Mm. He hasn't. He can't be everywhere, and he has to rely. Especially, on si especially since the stadium director left. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough about who actually controls stewarding policy down there, but um, at times you question why they've done what they did. And uh, this was a good example, I thought, on Tuesday night when, uh, was it Tuesday? When did we play last, last home game, yeah, yeah. Uh, last Saturday. When at the end of the game, we were, normally, we were normally allowed to go down the, and I'll use the word loosely, executive staircase to, to get out of the ground. And they were barring people going through. And so everybody from the most populated part of the ground had to go down one stairwell against their will, against their best wishes as well. So I'm surprised and I'm pleased there was no accidents or incidents as a result of that. But it could well have been. Yeah, it would have certainly slowed, slowed uh, people getting down and would certainly have irritated people uh, a little bit. But they were, they, there was a rational explanation for it, uh, which David Sharp gave. I'm just going to be the objectionable one and, and, and say it. Um, and that's because there are a certain number of people who have been going that route down, down the executive staircase, as, as Clive alluded to, and have been sneaking their way into the, the eight, is it, it is the 1861 there, isn't it? Yeah, the 1861 where we were last night for the forum anyway. Um, and obviously that particular bar is not for generic Joe public. That's um, but, for, but that's for where the stewarding has to be placed. So yes. if, if that happens, yeah. then you put your steward in there. But the, but the reasoning why the reasoning why he said that 
fans couldn't go down there for that particular game was because they, they'd had problems with that and they were trying a different way. It's not worked, so they're going to rectify. I agree with you. It should be a better policy. Wristbands, whatever, the stewarding should be more... To, should be more on it to. Well, to it's ironic, it. isn't it? The last night to go into this event, we all had our wrists stamped. Yes. So it, perhaps it is. all the people who sponsor things have to be stamped or wear a helmet or something so they can be identified. <laughs> well, they do have wrist, they do have wristbands, but uh, yeah, I can see why people would would, would want to go in there though for for a drink after the game. But yeah, if it's a corp, if it's a sponsors bar or whatever, then uh, perhaps it is. It no, is it's quite uh, right. If people have paid you know, for the privilege of having that room. Um, Correct. Then they should be allowed to have it without other people who haven't paid sneaking in. I agree with that. Because they do that's... open the they do open the correct me if I'm wrong, they do open the KBS on occasion, don't they? Don't they to yeah. uh, support us to go in the ground early? I mean, it's been a bit up in the air because they've been short of people everywhere. So I don't think you can draw too many conclusions from whether yeah. it's been open regularly or not. And it, it's not, you know, nobody's having a go at the club over this. It's no. it's 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 a journey of discovery for a lot of us. Um, and and, not, and very much for the management team, they have to understand w- what is being done and on their watch and, and uh, what can be done better. And I think David's answers last night comforted me because I think he does care enough and he does want to put things right. And if things he can't do anything about, you can't make the men's urinals any longer than they are because that's the building structure. You can't serve as many pies as you'd like to because you can only serve them at a certain pace. And ultimately... They try and improve things as much as they can, but without radical infrastructure changes, there's not a lot that can happen. I mean, all the faults in that football ground can be traced back to one person, in my opinion. Yeah, Voldemort. I agree. I agree. Whoever sanctioned building that main stand where it was and not utilising the uh, the space and the land that the club had available to them at the time. The but anyway. Mr. Golden Opportunity, but that's gone now. We've got Where we are is what we've got, and we move from here. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting. It's important to stress, Cam, actually, that you know, as much as Nigel Clough spoke last night about, you know, we're going to try and win promotion this year, but we are developing on the pitch, and it's a long process, which is absolutely true. It's exactly the same for off the pitch because you 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 cannot um, you you cannot fix things overnight. You can go around the ground, make yourself a list, but. These things do logistically take time to sort, and it's just about you know prioritizing them. But naturally, as well, on, on the flip side of that, when you're doing well on the pitch, you are going to get more people through the door. So the pressure to get it right and, and quick is immense. So they do have a very, very difficult job. He does have a very difficult job on his hands, does David Sharp, to, to try and get it right. It'd be interesting, actually, to maybe have another forum with just Sharp to talk about the off-field off sort of thing and, and more like of a an open converse, open conversation for other people to suggest ideas. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, I think a lot of his answers were, some of them were a bit vague. I think on the the Bishop Street mm. stand subject, it's like it was the vaguest answer going, but it's because he can't give an answer to that one. There's just mm. so much logistically that that's going to go wrong with that. You've got to sort the access on... Bishop Street, you've got to knock the building down without taking some houses with it. You've got to make sure it's done during the off-season, but then it's not done during the off-season because it takes too long and it ends up being half done and then it's more of an eyesore than it already is. You look at Northampton, for example, their stand's been like that for, what, four, five, six years now, and they're only just getting in motion to fix that off, finish that off. So That's purely down to money, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. But especially while we've got that stand making money, yeah, it's not uh, the, the greatest thing in the world to look at. But each one of them boards is 200 plus pounds a season. And you mm. think you've got X amount of boards on that stand. And yes, fair enough, that's not in camera view. But everyone that comes to that match, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to the radio. I know, I'm going to listen to Matsu 103.2. Great example. choice. Great choice. For no, example, I don't think any businessman or woman buys uh, a board at Phil Mill that goes on the old Bishop Street stand with a view to producing lots of profit for them. No. They tend to exactly. do it because of their devotion to the football club or it's their devotion. commitment and to then, a community project. Exactly. It's not It's not there to to be for the, the casual viewer that's watching it on iFollow or watching highlights or anything like that. It's those that actually come to the games and, and on the subject of people going to more games as as we are doing better as attendances are creeping up we're getting averaging just under five thousand a game now sometimes over and that's like two nearly two thousand more than what we were averaging five six years ago and so that's that's two thousand more customers potentially for those businesses that are there I so have to it, say it, it brings money in for the club but it's just it's a very long-winded process to what fans actually want to do with that stand. I have to say that actually the best suggestion of the night on that uh, was actually from Nigel Clough Clive when he said, do you know what, it'd be great to almost do what other clubs do to us. Make it a, uh, with with this sound in the greatest respect possible, make it the, the horriblest away stands you, you can do. You, you know, you look at Bristol Rovers, you look at Forest Green, the away um, facilities that that are there are absolutely atrocious uh, in, in in no uncertain terms for visiting fans. It's a horrible experience, and you know what? Sometimes actually that is a nice mentality thing. If you like Clough said, if you can get home fans behind both goals, it makes it so difficult for an away team, and it gives you that extra five ten percent of a lift. If we could clear that that side, and it won't be a, a quick process; it'd be a long process to do. But if we could. Clear it, whack a temporary stand up like with a bit of tarpaulin seating, that sort of thing, and maybe a little bit of standing. A really crap burger van which only serves uh, tea and polystyrene cups and horrible toilet blocks which which stink and just make it a nasty place to, to just be. like just like the Ingreaves upper then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would you know I think it, it mentality wise it all it. It makes it, it puts it in your head. Oh, I'm not looking forward to going to Mansfield. I'm not going to bother. It's horrible there. And already you've lost. A, a By comparison before. to most clubs, we do away fans well because yes. we give them the whole stand. And we shouldn't. So and whether, that's the point. So whether they bring 14 or 1400, they get the North Stand. Now, mm-hmm. that's a bit unsophisticated because what we need to think about is where do we put 14 mm-hmm. fans from Forest Green Rovers? And what do we then do with the North Stand? And I think as we start to go forward and, uh, and continue to build our core support base, our ticketing policy and our allocation of away fans seating out of our relatively small ground is going to make it quite a pinch. I mean, as it is now, when we sell well, all of a sudden there are no tickets online for Ian Greaves. You're thinking, well, we're full, but we're not because it's still only about 7,000 because yeah. the ticketing policy reserves two or three blocks of seats. Mm. Now, I think that needs a re-inspection as, as a policy because well, 
we are going to be pushing those limits, hopefully, anyway, as we finish this season. Yeah, that was another thing which was looked at in the fans' forum last night, the ticketing situation. Uh, they spoke about the Bradford uh, fast, you know, um, a thing which really... I've been, I'm in a very fortunate position at the minute that I don't have to sort my tickets out because of doing the, the radio work. Because you're a media star. Not a star. Not a star. Um, Superstar. Thanks, mate. Um, oh. Love you. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know... If I was having to go for a ticket, I think I'd have probably missed out on a few games this season because of the fact that you have to physically go to the ground, queue up in working hours um, uh, to, to get your ticket. And then when you get there, it, it's what, you know, you could get... Uh, but that's, one not, point that's not true. I mean, it's happened on the Bradford one because there was no online availability. But that's an issue of Bradford's, not ours. Well, no, they, we end up, now, listen, they, they end up sending us some card tickets. And we then sell them to our fans for a very small slice of the cover. I mean, the the irony is all the work they had to go into selling these 2,100 tickets through the ticket office window, and we get a fraction of the cover for it. Mm. Much more money made when we're selling home tickets. Now, for the vast majority of games, you can buy tickets online. In fact, the one, I think it was Barrow, that's insisted on only buying the tickets direct online because they didn't want to give the away the 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 agent uh, club, five or ten percent of the ticket price. That's their privilege. Now, the ticketing software that they seem to have at Field Mill is badly in need of replacement, and he's accepted that. And he says that's imminent. He said they were tied into a contract for a little bit, yeah. didn't they? It's been didn't it's they? an old. That's why they can't, yeah, that's why they can't do it. Yeah. Um, but you know the the reality is when you get unusual circumstances like the Bradford thing, and we didn't handle that very well. People then complain they can't get through on the phone. What do you think? How do you think those people who were queuing in the rain would feel if while they were doing that, the ticket office staff were selling them to people on the phone? It's it's difficult to square that one. You know, yeah. they've got to give the people who were outside the window the, their, their full attention. Um, it's not a perfect system. And the Bradford thing was particularly awkward and the biggest mistake as you said earlier on was being too generous allocation wise when it for the first tranche of tickets that came out and mm. i don't understand why anybody would have thought that was a good idea but there you go maybe they thought it'd be you know if you could if once one person could get four tickets then you know it'd save three others going or something like that i'd have but... no problem in giving people four or even more tickets if each one was allocated to a season ticket holder yeah but that's not what they were saying you could me and my dad are season ticket holders. We could have got access to eight tickets. But the problem is, I live in Sheffield, along with another uh, bloke called Richard. He sits two or three seats further down from me. He lives the other side of the city. We, we, as well as many other fans. Roy, for example, um, he's coming from Sheffield for the Crawley game. Can he get in at half-time with his season ticket? Um, I'm not sure. You'll have to ask club about that one. But mm. we've got so many fans that don't live in Mansfield or they don't work in the area and it's all right. So like Rochdale, the tickets are still available online. Newport, they were available online. Bristol Rovers, available online. Forest Green, available online. Why weren't the Bradford ones? Why can't they just do it strictly online and then say, you've got to collect, do it, sell them online, but you've got to collect your tickets from the club office. I think you've got to throw some blame at Bradford here because they issued the initial uh, raft of tickets for the uh, stand along the, the, the what's it called? Not what, what's the Midland Road, called? Midland Road side of the ground, and then as an afterthought, they thought, oh, you can offer, offer them the upper tier of the Dallas stand. 
Well, they must have realised pretty early on that the initial allocation wasn't going to be enough. Um, and they're a big club compared to most. I mean, they've got a big ground. They, they, they surely have got a big ground attitude towards ticketing. It doesn't appear to be the case. Some of it does boil down to, and I'm not defending Bradford here by any stretch of the imagination, but some of it does boil down to um, trying to budget your policing costs and your stewarding costs uh, as well. If you can close one stand, that's X amount of stewards you don't I need to employ that. for that day. But it was a farce. But anyway, let's not go down that, that line because, you know, we could probably spend hours on hours talking about that. We're trying to sort of go through the key points um, at the fans forum, and that was certainly uh, one of them. We've had quite a few off the pitch points. Cam, is there anything which um, Nigel Clough picked out from sort of on the pitch? He didn't really have too much to to say because, like we say, a lot of the questions were directed more towards David Sharp. But uh, there were some thrown at Nigel Clough, and not just um, what's your favourite biscuit. The one that springs to mind for me personally is um, it was a question about Ollie Hawkins. Is he going to play at centre back for the rest of the season? Um, and, and Nigel's answer was just, <laughs> if he keep, keeps getting clean sheets, he will be. Um, but I think that that shows that he's got confidence in him. And I think whilst he is comfortable playing there, he, he's very much grown into into the role. And, and Puff said he, he's, he's started to think like a centre-back now. He, he shows pride when we get clean sheets, which is a striker you don't always necessarily see. No. So I, I think the mentality that Clough is showing towards his players and the mentality that the rest of the team have just got in and around themselves is just shows because Clough was quite happily open and honest with, with whatever he answered because things are going well at the minute. There's, there's not particularly anyone that's going to be upset. Everyone seems to be getting game time except those that are injured. And it, it just He had an easy like, ride, really, didn't he? Yeah, he did. You couldn't have picked a better time to face yeah. the fans than when you're on the back of a run <laughs> like this. Should have done this back in November, right, right at the end of that run. There was one question you just remember. You just reminded me of that. There was one question that a certain somebody threw at David Sharp. I did ask it. I did ask it. It was um, during that bad run of form. Was there ever the consideration to to let Nigel go? And it wasn't uh, a me being like, oh, I want to clough out because I've, I've never wanted him out. But <laughs> no, I know, we know that, but it totally came across that. It, was it so did, funny. but it, it did come across. You could not have asked that in a worse way. If you like, The only way that could have been worse for you is if you'd have gone, I didn't want him sacked, but... <laughs> That's your question. The, the way that it was supposed to come out was... I did finish it off in this way, but it was... Um, with Nigel's reputation of being a builder rather than an instant fix, was there ever the consideration to let him go? Because for most fans, no, but there were a few that were saying... It was a legitimate question, Cam, because there were lots of people. It was. It wasn't the majority, but there were lots of people in the, in the, in the dark days of the poor run were calling for Clough to be examined, if not sacked. Um, and then the usual ones, the usual doubters came out. I never wanted him in the first place. I wanted so and so. Well, you know, if you can't have the one, if you can't be the one with the one you love, try and love the one you're with. That's probably where we should have always been, where Clough was concerned. And 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 those of us that had faith in in uh, the situation have been rewarded. But you know, there was no magic formula. He just had so many problems that weren't of his making. Um, and as soon as those started to resolve. The form emerged. It's no secret, is it? Oh, there was a magic moment when they signed somebody called O'Toole. I remember the day, Craig, we were outside St. Yes, James's Park. In we Manchester. were. 
we were. But go on, Cam, I interrupted you. But it's just the the fact that with with Clough history, um, mainly at Burton, just how long it took him to get Burton to into the league and then building them into a championship side, which was unthinkable when they were playing in the, I think it was the Dr. Martins League, Cluffy said. And I don't, I don't think that Sharp would have ever doubted him, but you've always got to think like, it's 14 games without a win with a team that's probably on the upper end of the wage budget for the rest of the league too, with players that certainly some of them should be playing a league higher. And considering... <laughs> The, the way that everything seemed to be building to the season, it was going to be a good season. We were going to, we were going to get promotion and, and Cluffy said at the start of the season, hopefully win promotion. And it, it just seemed that until that run ended, it was just an absolute failure of a season. We were, we were second bottom of the league and managers in this division have got sacked for less than that. I'll tell, I'll, Brad, Brad I'll, Monday. I'll, I'll tell you where we were, mate. What an absolute embarrassment. 20th in League Two. Socking. That's socking. Shocking. 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 Uh, right, uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for on, on Fans Forum. Other good headlines to sort of look out for. Uh, Clough did talk a little bit about the transfer policy revealed that we'd actually uh, saved money in uh, bringing in Jamie Murphy and sending Richard Naughty back to, uh, uh, to Burnley, although we still technically have Naughty available if we need him. Later on in the season, um, but still yeah, registered to first, still, 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 yeah, yeah, still registered, to, but he's playing with their 23s or, or whatever and training there, which is uh, which is fine. Um, other key bits uh, as well were you know, we take it takes a long time to, to build. There was a nice little story from David Sharp on how uh, he was introduced to Matty Longstaff's agent and things like that. There was talk about agents, and also uh, Nigel Clough very much uh, without a a drop of irony or, or or like sarcasm. Don't mention McLaren. Do not mention Steve McLaren to <laughs> Nigel Clough. All will be revealed when you watch the fans forum, which will be on uh, the club's social media and I follow very, very soon indeed. Keith asks, would it be a good idea if there was a fans forum with John and Karen in Radford? Just a thought. Now, probably... I would, it's been I done in the past, but it, it was a while been, ago. It has been done in the past. I would, I would think with, with that, that Sharp's probably your man for that because he's the man on the ground and runs the club, you know, pretty much day to day. John and Carolyn out in Portugal now for the majority, um, still heavily involved, of course, but they're not on the on the ground day to day. I think what would be better actually is, um, and this is my suggestion to counter that, would be some form of. Um, invited questions um, via email or, or video, similar to what it would have been with the virtual fans forum, but more of a conversation-led based piece um, with the two. Something like a, a, a an extended interview, or what's that word, Cam? What is it? What's it called? Like, what is it? What, what like is a, it? Like a Legends Live? No, no, no. no. no what's it? No, begins no, with no. a P. No, with um, P. 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 I'm not going there. A podcast. Like, podcast. A, pod, like, like a podcast with them. Uh, that sort of thing. Just like a... I've got a better idea. Go on, what then. they need is a delegation from representing the fans to go over to Portugal. And I'm volunteering ah, that, that. We should, that Mansfield Matters crew should be that delegation. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Send your questions to us and we'll we, take them there. We won't record it virtually like we could do because we've paid for the software. Let's, let's spend even more money and we'll get on a flight and go over to see them, yeah? Is that I, what don't, you're I don't expect we'd have to pay. Oh, okay, right, okay. We'll start just giving page now then, shall we? We'll, we'll yeah. get it done. In all seriousness, though, we would, um, I really enjoyed the fans forum last night. I want to see more of them. Hopefully, they'll become an annual thing again um, as well. Nice to see so many faces uh, supporting it as well. But I would certainly welcome the fact, we actually spoke about it a few um, years ago, to be, well, not years ago, um, a few months ago, um, when we were talking about, um, how fans can better interact like a fans forum based group I would certainly welcome you know that and have the link with uh, with Diane and, and things like that the, the supporters uh, liaison as she is now in, in many of her her roles and having those conversations like a closed Facebook group that sort of thing and in some form of interview based thing we can sit down and put those questions and have a more generalised conversation with John and Karen I'd certainly uh Certainly welcome that. Yeah. I think a focus group of fans has always got to be a good idea because uh, people who run businesses always think they know the answers to everything. And of course, often they do. But what, unless they ask their clients, their customers, their consumers, what their opinions are, they never really know. And that's why a lot of big firms spend an awful lot of money in asking customer uh, information. Mm. Now, I, I don't think our club is being... Uh, behind uh, is against that but I don't think they've got the infrastructure to do it it's the wrong time I think at the end of this season yeah. to be thinking about that but I think as the club goes forward Diane could form a, um, a group of uh, carefully selected people who could represent the breadth of us fan support and that they can they can bounce things back and forth and I, I think that would I mean I know other clubs do it uh, so uh, certainly something I'd recommend they think about Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's almost all we've got time for tonight. The clock is uh, ticking. Been a great conversation as always. Like we said, go and watch the fans forum when it comes out on iFollow and the club's social media pages. Let's turn our attention to podcast predictions. Uh, obviously, last week, there were only two people which uh, scored points. Nathan predicted a draw. Um, and I will give him the point, even though he sent it in our, in, in our chat. Um, and uh, Steve Nadine also predicted a draw and got a point. Everyone else in the top ten stays as they were. As they were in tenth, it's Ricky Edge on fifteen, who I'm pleased to announce has now finally got his mug. Well, he should have if Nathan's given it to him. I gave Nathan the mug to give to him last night. Shocking! Um, I know. Uh, Alan is in ninth place uh, on twenty-one points, joint with Roger in eighth place. Hold well on, Roger. And joint with Cam in seventh place. Um, Steve Naden is in six on thirty points, and Steve is in fifth. On 34. Nick, your dad cam is uh, in fourth place on 37, just a point behind me in third. And uh, I'm one behind Clive, who's in second on 39. Then Nathan running away with it at the top on 43. We've got to put this right and get our predictions right. Let's go in reverse order. Alan's not here uh, tonight, but he did predict earlier on Messenger to me a 2 1 win with goals from Jordan Bowery and Stephen McLaughlin. Uh, Cam, you're next in the standing. So, what are you going to go for? Uh, for Saturday's uh, game away at Newport. 1-0 win. Yeah. And Ollie Hawkins. Oh, brave. Uh, I'm next in the standings then. I am going to back us for another clean sheet. Um, I don't think we'll draw. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. And I'm going to go... 
for goals from uh, Jamie Murphy, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna back I'm gonna back him again. Chocolate Hobnobs man John Joe O'Toole is gonna pop up and uh, get a header for me. Uh, Clive, you're next then. One nil Oates. Very simple. Um, there we go. Nice, nice and easy, does it? One 0 win for you. Reese Oates on the score sheet. Uh, Nathan's not here tonight. And he's not sent me his prediction yet, but of uh, of course we'll give him time to do that. As long as he submits it one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday, it will count. If you guys want to get involved, as always, make sure you click the link in the description um, to get involved and play along with podcast predictions and win yourself some Mansfield Matters prizes. Uh, we. We've still got some mugs available. We are getting them out now a little bit more. Um, now mugs. we've got some packaging and stuff. Uh, but we are going to look at some other merch for you as well towards the back end of the season. So some more great prizes to be won. That's almost all we've got time for. Finally, let's have a little word on Newport County. Um, they haven't won in three games, Clive, but they are a very, very dangerous side. And Newport is never an easy place to go for Mansfield Town. Now, we've not had a lot of happy memories of Newport, have we? So uh, this Saturday, weather permitting, we'll we'll come back with it. And of course, I uh, I've got to bring this up. That's the YouTube video just gone down for using three seconds of that. Um, Mansfield will be playing in their away kit cam of uh, the blue shirts. We've done well in it in the in the cup competitions, but whenever we've played in it in the league. We've not done so great. I am a superstitious person, as people will know, with the, with the hat, the woolly hat, the boots, uh, the underlayers, etc., etc. I am a suspicious, uh, superstitious person. Can they finally do it on Saturday? When was the last time that you went to Newport and did commentary? Uh, when they was at their old ground. Oh no, I have done it at their ground, uh, the the current ground. Uh, it would have been when we were in the conference. We lost two 0 that night. Um, Better than my we memory, mate. What was that game? What was he awakened then? That, uh, was it white? Um, green? White, white and blue. In with the conference, yeah, in the conference, it was it was what it was white with very similar to the third shirt, white with the yellow shirt trim. That, the shirt that Craig's wanting forever. So all this superstition around the, the shirt. But the reason is the reason I bring that up is after that game, I don't want us to lose this game. But after that, we went on to win twelve on the bounce. And they can pr- and then get promotion at the end of that season. I mean, now tell me superstitions. Maybe it will happen. Maybe not. We'll find <laughs> out on Saturday afternoon. Make sure you join us on Mansfield One Hundred Three Point Two for full match commentary. Now, Cam has always wanted to do commentary alongside me ever since he was about two years old, and he finally had a, the potential chance to do it on Saturday. And what what's happened, Cam? I've got a disco, but I'd got it. I'd got it booked before you even asked. So, so uh, I have, um, I have uh, replaced. I have got a replacement. Um, Lee Wilson unable to be alongside me on Saturday due to a, a family party. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure he could get back from Newport in time, but I don't wish any speeding tickets on anybody. Um, and nobody needs to be in the doghouse with the, with your partner. So uh, he'll be back with also, me. Also, New- Bradford isn't isn't the press box in Newport in the. Horrible stand the other side of the ground. Yep. 
Can't wait for that. And it's on a bench with Nell sticking out of it. Looking forward to that. Uh, but I am substituting I am substituting one Wilson for another. Alan Wilson of Mansfield Matters Podcast Fame will be joining me for that one. Cam, next time don't book a disco. Uh, that's I'm, I'm, all feeling, I'm feeling overlooked here. Don't worry, you'll get you. Maybe you'll get your respond. <laughs> well, you can't say that on, on a family friendly oh, podcast. Come on, I Clive. can actually listen to your commentary for once as well because I'll be I'll be back in the motherland. Yes. Oh, there you go. Happy days, happy days. Maybe go around to Clive's and cheer him up. Uh, that's See, all we've got time for. There. Are you going? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you jump in the car with me and Mr. Wilson. Then we'll yeah, get it sorted. On the bus. Oh, I'm going on the bus. I don't not friends with you anymore. <laughs> oh, he's going to oh, do the bingo on the bus. There we go. SA bus. Get on the get on Clive doing the bingo. It's all good fun. That is all we've got time for tonight. Apart from one thing, Clive, uh, Clive sit back and enjoy uh, my horrible voice for this one. Cam's been earning his keep today uh, by uh, editing the. Yeah, I thought you would. I thought you'd do that. Do you know what? You do that. I'll do that. Goodbye. Uh, you've been earning your keep today, uh, Cam, by editing these highlights. This is the tale of the tape from last week as the Stags headed for Bristol Rovers, as told by me and Lee Wilson on Mansfield 103.2, although there's not a lot of Lee Wilson there because a little bit of envious camp. Edit him him out. Enjoy. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, sorry about the voice. Good afternoon and welcome to Memorial Stadium where Mansfield Town looking to make it 10 games unbeaten in Skybet League 2 after a dramatic 2-1 win over Colchester United at the One Call Stadium on Tuesday night. The teams, Bristol Rovers and Mansfield Town, are about to walk out of the tunnel onto the pitch. The Stags, led by the returning Ollie Clark, back to Bristol Rovers for the first time since his departure in the summer of 2000. The Stags make three changes to that side which won in midweek. Out goes Stephen McLaughlin, Ryan Sturk and George Maris. In come Jordan Bowery, Ollie Clark the captain and for his full debut, Matty Longstaff on loan from Newcastle United. So we think the Stags will line up in a 3-5-1-2 formation with Bishop in goal. A back four right to left of Elliot Hewitt, John Joe O'Toole and Ollie Hawkins. A midfield five consisting right to left of uh, Lucas Aikens, Ollie Clark, Matty Longstaff, Stephen Quinn and Jordan Bowery with James. Jamie Murphy just behind Reese Oates in attack. Stags will have, uh, I think, a free kick on this uh, near side, which uh, Elliot Hewitt will take. In fact, no, I think it's going to be a throw-in, and Hewitt does take it to Longstaff. On his Stags debut, gets it to O'Toole. Back forward for Hewitt. Inside for Longstaff. Longstaff looks up, looks to try and find a switch. Low ball to Murphy. 35 from goal. Good from Mansfield. Murphy, wide left for Aikens. Takes it on his right foot. Goes on to his left. Quinn overlapping. Goes inside. Back for Murphy. Murphy now to Longstaff. Got opportunity to shoot here. Longstaff does hit one from distance. And it's held well by Bell sure in the uh, Rovers goal lets it go for a Mansfield throw Aikens wants to take this quickly and does to the chest of Reese Oates to the right of the box Oates turns his man delivers a ball in towards the middle towards Ollie Clark he's headed away it'll fall for Murphy and he's just over the top of the bar from Jamie Murphy the Stags man so unlucky that was an excellent passenger play from Mansfield Town from back to O'Toole Mansfield will slowly build like a pressure cooker as O'Toole rolls the ball out in front of him, then launches long. Murphy has stayed on side here, brings the ball down well. Flag stays down against Murphy, over on the far left-hand side. Gives it to Aikens on the overlapping run. In comes the ball towards the middle, towards Clark, who gets something on it. But it's away the wrong side of goal, and out for a goal kick. Great build-up, but a, f- a woeful final touch. Bristol Rovers, the host, will get us underway for the second half. They will go from left to right, Mansfield Town, from right to left. We are indeed back underway 
for the second period where Brovers get a ball forward and it's headed away out of play for the Stags by Elliot Hewitt. The Stags have Bishop in goal, a back four of Hewitt, O'Toole, Hawkins and Aikins, a midfield diamond of Longstaff, Clark, Quinn and Murphy with Barry and Oates up top on the bench for the Stags. Steck, who's without a coat, Rawson, Maris, Johnson, Wallace, Sturk and Law. The moment is Bristol Rovers in possession inside the centre circle. Going to eat ball out to this near side. Good opportunity this for Bristol Rovers early in the second half. Lucas Aikens having to track back well and Aikens has been beaten here. Rovers to the right of the box. It's cannoned in towards the middle. Bowery oh. completes the clearance but it's poor from Bowery and Rovers have it on the edge of the box. as an opportunity for a shot but Longstaff and Clark do enough to get it away and Mansfield are on the ropes because Rovers, everybody inside the Mansfield half, Bristol Rovers pumping it forward again, they get the ball out to that far left-hand side, low pass towards goal, flick towards the edge of the, the box, Rovers coming forward, the advantage shot from the edge of the box, dealt well with by Bishop but Mansfield are all over the place there, wide left it comes for Aikens, Maris still waiting to come on, here's Murphy now in possession, driving forward is Jamie Murphy on the edge of the box, looking to try and get a shot away, he can't, gets it to Quinn, wide for Aikens, Aikens inside the area, Aikens still going, here is Murphy on the edge of the box, Murphy inside the area now, looks to try and get it wide for Quinn but that's a good intervention again by the Ravers man and a long ball over the top could see Bristol Ravers get in here again down the right hand side here's Collins up against Hawkins Collins still going he's clipped it all he's gone down and it's a free kick to Mansfield oh. I don't know how he has given that Mansfield's way got away with that get him in yellow card for diving the referee was in a great position but uh, the home fans certainly certainly are happy with that decision and uh, I actually thought he was going to point to the spot myself, but, you know, we're getting done all the time down here with pace, and have uh, we got away with one there? But the referee was very, very close. Stags in the final third, looking to try and get moving with Murphy and... and uh and Johnson Aikens has to step in to win the ball back but he's lost it he's bottled off the ball and again it's Bristol Ravers who come away they're down this right hand side there's a player gone to ground but the referee has said you've got the advantage Barry gets a block on Ravers get the second ball there again and it's once again Han Anderson on this near side Hall now gets it back inside Rovers camp themselves inside the Mansfield half Ollie Clark scampering to get across that far side Aikens now closes things down but again Rovers driving forward Aikens can't stop the cross he's been sold once again now Rovers on the edge of the Mansfield box with a driven uh, crossing towards the middle headed away by O'Toole and Johnson can't quite get there to win the second ball he puts the pressure on and does force Rovers all the way back to their goalkeeper Belshaw 90 seconds of the four additional minutes left have a free kick inside their own half which Nottingham-born James Belshaw will take after a foul by Motty Langstaff on his Stegs debut which saw him go into the referee's book this ball will be punted forward everybody for Bristol Rovers by the goalkeeper in the Stags half every Stags player is back Belshaw's ball is towards the oh. six yard line it's headed away by Hawkins again Boston not gone pumped back in towards the middle and Bishop is there Hawkins. to claim the ball in hand but the offside flag was up anyway uh, the referee says play on though with Bishop uh, with the ball in hand we've got some 40 seconds to go Bishop rolls the ball out in front of him gets the ball forward for the Stags off it goes in towards the air Johnson Come tries on. to run off the shoulder he's headed back forward O'Toole nods it forward looks to try and find Danny Johnson again Bristol Rovers get it clear down the left hand side O'Toole the furthest back chests it down volleys it forward with some very
Fenham and just puts it into the stand to That's run him. the clock down with 20 seconds to go. Come forward again. John Joe Tool gets a foot in. Now Aikens gets it clear up towards Johnson on the halfway line. Can't win it. Ball back down Mansfield's throat. The stag scrum. The referee looks at his watch. Hawkins again Brilliant. swoops in to nod the ball away. Back forward it goes from Bristol Rovers, but out of play for a stag's throw. A stag's player's gone down. He's back on his feet though now is uh, George Maris. And that should be that. We've played 34. We've played the four minutes of additional time. And with Aikens' throw, that should seal another clean sheet for Mansfield and another game unbeaten. Lucas Aikens in the right back position, the right wing back position, throws the ball down the line, flicks on by Matty Longstaff, looking for Johnson. Bristol Rovers get it clear and the referee may just play, see how this goes here as Hawkins goes across to get the ball clear. He's got the whistle in the lips and now does bring this encounter to an end. It's goalless here at the Memorial Stadium. Mansfield Town continue their unbeaten run but can't get past Bristol Rovers who, to be fair, Lee Wilson in the second half were probably the stronger of the two teams full-time Bristol Rovers nil Mansfield Town nil and to this day I still have no idea how my voice managed to uh, ma- to, to last out to the end of that one apologies that you had to sit through seven minutes so that could have been worse you could have been listening to the full 90 we go again now on Saturday afternoon with my voice back in fine fettle Alan Wilson will be alongside me on Mansfield 103.2 build-up starts at one o'clock with Jason Harrison make sure you join uh, join us for that one and of course join us on the Mansfield Matters podcast next week as we look back on Newport and look ahead to more games coming up. Can the Stags edge towards that top three? Can they keep the unbeaten run going? And can they continue to chase a dream? Thanks for getting involved tonight. As always, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Enjoy your weekend and let's hopefully bring three points back from Wales on Saturday. Goodbye. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.